one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. We need to get her told about these 40 minute boil washes. Washing <laughs> <laughs> in battery acid. Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined belatedly. By Martin Melly. Oh, yes. And Stephen. <laughs> what a weekend we've had. Tonight. Wow. <laughs> Stephen nearly dying of some kind of lurgy. Melly's wearing a hat because he. What did you do? You nearly took your own head off playing five or seven. Yes, yeah, right. And a metal fence, five staples and some glue, and my head's Abs- back together. So we're recording the podcast late. We, we are going to be talking about the Glasgow Derby at the weekend now. Apologies if you're a wee bit confused, if you're a wee bit like, what actually happened? Because there's been a lot of. <laughs> As Stephen so eloquently put it, beal shit. Yeah, there, there has been a, a torrent of beal shit over the over the weekend, hasn't there? Just a, just straight rewriting history. Yeah. Um, so there's only one place to begin with it, I suppose, Stephen. Um, Todd Todd Cantwell is that his first name? Yep. We didn't lose. We didn't. They didn't win the game. We lost the game. Uh, and then approximately two hours later, he tweeted a. Have respect your opponents, apostrophe S. Yes. <laughs> your opponents what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a bit of a waste of a weekend, wasn't it? We got no points from that game, mm. despite winning 3-2 because we didn't win it. Yep. Famously, how football works is that one team loses and the other team doesn't get any points. So, yeah, Todd Cantwell's nailed it. David Edgar from the Heart and Hand podcast took it really well. He was like <laughs> this close to camera, filming like from like here, and he goes, Kevin Clancy's a cheating bastard. <laughs> 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 taking, it, taking it well uh, Rangers right into the SAV. I mean there's so many places we could start I've got a little list here um, I think I think for me what's been most blatant about the, the post-match is the meltdown it's, oh, it's, it's been class. unparalleled from, from pundits from fans from Rangers fan media from Rangers fans on Twitter to the manager to the captain to the players to ex-players I mean it's just the, the, they, they cannot get in their mind that they lost that game and to the point now, Stephen, they just refuse to accept it. Yeah, yeah, a, a complete rewriting of the game. Having seen it back as well, I mean, I'm not under any illusions that Celtic were amazing, no. but the idea that that game was has been framed since as an onslaught of Rangers attacks that Celtic simply got lucky and then Kevin Clancy mm-hmm. managed, manages to get us over the line is absurd. <laughs> and the, the meltdown has been extraordinary. I mean, hilarious by their, by their own standards. Oh yeah, I mean, hilarious on one hand, but also shameful for for the, yeah. for the most part as well. Because Kevin Clancy has been, we believe, under basically attack by, by <laughs> yeah. the Rangers fans since. He's been and, doxxed, to use a term, I think. And it's based on absolutely nothing other than a highly debatable decision. That's it. That's mm. all it was. Well, um, no, well, actually, it was no. I think the most of this came from no. The, the, what the best about it is, right? The best about the meltdown is. They can't. There's no way back for them now. They can't act like they're not furious no, no, because they, they because they sh- they've showed their bare bums to absolutely everybody <laughs> on this. But it was immediately after the game. Michael Beale's out with excuses. He's talking about a Jota handball that simply did not exist. No. I know what you're talking about the Jubis decision, the Morelos one. We will talk about that. But the first words out of his mouth were, you know, there was a handball, and Tavernier's talking about a Jota handball as well. I mean, it hit Jota in the stones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't hit him anywhere near his hand. No, no, it, that's that's ridiculous. And again, it's the kind of thing that goes completely unchallenged. Why yeah. is someone saying, 
why why are we so afraid of managers and in, in footballers in this country? I feel like we need like a right obnoxious shit doing the interviews to just say to them, no, that's actually not true. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not letting you just say nonsense after the game. I don't know. I don't know why we don't have that. We're just terrified of offending I'll these. I'll do it. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll do it. The BBC are probably terrified that they they'll take their toys away again yes. and won't let them speak to them. It's, it's it's outrageous that they just they're allowed to completely rewrite the history of that game. And again, all Kevin Clancy did was have a bad game. The type of performance we see every single week, you don't believe us, look, watch any one of our podcasts and we'll complain about <laughs> yeah, refereeing yeah. performances on here. But you don't get to just pick a couple of decisions and have an absolute full-scale meltdown, tear the whole the whole country down mm. about it. It's, it's absurd mm. and you know, quite laughable, to be honest. What I like the most about this, Melly, is that there's obviously there's no Celtic conspiracy theory about referees, okay? There is no Celtic conspiracy theory. But what there is, is there's a Rangers conspiracy theory about a Celtic conspiracy theory about referees because every right. time there's a bad decision, Rangers go, like, you know, for example, David Tanner, who had an absolutely normal one oh, in the weekend. Course, yeah. oh, love me, Rangers. Love me, David. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Absolutely pathetic. What does that say for the Celtic refereeing conspiracy? There's no conspiracy. But, yeah. but yous are now the ones furious about referees. And I was quite astounded when the Rangers manager came out because I'll be honest, I thought Michael B would come out and say, the better team won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's good at these, isn't he? He's, uh, he comes out with some extraordinary stuff that you just go, mate, you're just trying to play to the gallery here and it, mm. it's not working anymore. It's, uh, it's just more deflection tactics from me yeah. from him because again, like we said last week, we're chalking off these games here that he has not managed to beat Celtic and more rewriting of it comes out with Barry Ferguson, Kenny Miller, mm. all writing articles how tactics were absolutely spot on. Yeah, Barry Ferguson said, uh, Michael Beale had Celtic rattled and his Rangers game plan is the blueprint to beating rivals. In a game that they lost. Ah, yeah. A blueprint. I'm sorry. Come on. Right. Well, was he not the guy who said Van Bronckhorst had Ange sussed yep. the day before they yeah. lost 4 0 to him? Yeah. Right, come on. I mean, notable football sage yeah. Barry Ferguson's <laughs> bound to get one or two things wrong. So, again, we're into this three games and a Michael Beale against Celtic, zero wins. Mm. Uh, if that's the best they've got, then. But it's not his fault. Kenny Miller says Michael Beale deserves no Rangers blame for Celtic defeat as his game plan and, pl game plan and tactics were spot on in a game that he lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, they'll, they'll go on with the individual mistakes, but a game plan is a game plan, not mm. a stopping Celtic's game plan. You yeah. had that bit quite well done. Celtic still scored three goals, so it wasn't that great. But I, do, I still don't know. There's all this rewriting about Rangers, or they did really well. Yes, for Rangers. Mm. In games, they have lost 4-0 this season, 2-1, lost a goal late on to draw two each. And so you're looking at this going, right, okay, you did well for Rangers. You only get beat narrowly rather than getting pumped. It's getting to the point now where, where's it going to go if he doesn't get the victory in the next one? Because is it again mm. another game plan he's going to use because this one didn't work? Yes, he stopped Celtic playing, but I still don't know how Rangers play. They didn't impose any game plan on Celtic. They didn't impose their style. and They didn't work Celtic's goalkeeper. Joe had well, one save to make from I my know, memory. I know exactly where it's going to go mm. the next game. If, it, if, it, if they don't win the next game, it's always going to be the next one because the cycle just continues. It's the same mm. garbage they're hitting away after every single game now. Yeah. It's always the next one. It's always the next player to come in. It's always someone they've just signed who's just who's just getting better. Raskin was their hero. That was the one about... That was decided before the game. Oh, yeah. All after the cup final, they said Aye. if... Raskin and Cantwell had played it would have been a totally different story <laughs> and then they but played you don't get to do that after two players who were fit and ready and available you mm. didn't pick them or if I'd picked those then that's going back to when Neil Lennon was describing Connor Hazard as a third choice keeper when he picked him first choice mm. it, it doesn't make any sense you don't get to have players have fit and available don't pick them and say that those would have made mm. the difference I've already seen the video of Raskin coming out of Celtic Park and giving a wee stare to the mm. fans who were giving him abuse. The exact, it's been frame for frame, it's exactly the same as Lundstrom when he did it. And he's never done anything in one of these games either. So the cycle continues. If they lose the next game, which will be the, the semi final, it'll just be what the next one. Do you know how they got into this mess? For the start, do you know how Rangers got into this mess? They just refused to accept and acknowledge that we are a good team. Yeah, See yeah. if Michael Beale just came in and went, instead of hitting, because as soon as you start with, I will give you any excuse you want, except accepting Celtic are the better team. And just lucky. 
well, where <laughs> players are not fit. I want to win the league from when I came in. Uh, I've got five or six players I need to bring in in the summer. I've not had my own transfer. See if he just came in and went Celtic at the benchmark. Yeah, he wouldn't need. To, he would not need to be doing this. But as you see, he's like clutching at straws now, running out of excuses. Rangers as a club are right into the SFA. But the first decision <laughs> that, that goes SFA against Monday. them. The first decision that goes against them all season. And newsflash: it was a free kick. You can't put two hands on the back of the defender and push him out the way in order to get the ball. It's the, the referee saw it blow for a free kick it's so innocuous but they're blatantly running out of excuses here if I was to give Bill any credit and I won't mm. um, <laughs> thank, but if, if I was to give him an excuse for this pandering that we now see the, the level of and scale of pandering that he does to the fans it's because he saw what happens if you try and be reasonable remember the, the goal against Partick Thistle yep. he gave them a goal back and their fans exploded oh, about yeah, it started yeah. talking about the standards that matter with their banners and all that kind of stuff <laughs> they were raging that they conceded a, a fairly reasonable just fair play goal to mm. Partick Thistle so he realises what happens if you try and appeal to fans better nature which isn't there so <laughs> he's now gone full staunch Doubled down on Rangers or this, that. Refusing. He's only recently started saying Celtic's name. Yes, so that's right. It's, it's full pandering. Well, we had the other mob, didn't we? We yeah, had that. Yeah. It's insecurity. It's insecurity yep. because he knows he has only had only managed about 14 games prior to joining Rangers and they appointed him for some reason or other. So it, it's full insecurity. It's full embellish the reputation before it's built on, on the pitch. What? This is a good meltdown, right? But right. imagine they lose the semi-final. That's, I, I know, I know, it'll go straight to. Oh, there's another game, Ibrox, but Celtic could be champions by then. So that that's pretty. There'll be riots on the street. The way this is going, yeah. the way this is, the way the temperature's been, you know, boiling over, boiling over. They'll, they'll have nowhere to to focus their anger. Stephen, just uh, <laughs> did you get sick on Friday? And then rise again on Monday. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Or Sunday? Is that what happened? Yeah, just like well, no, I made the game. Maybe sorry, the game. I was. Oh, I was. Oh, I was really? the game. You just you know you just absolutely ah. crucified that joke. There. <laughs> 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 right. So we we need to talk about the Rangers' approach because they're all very proud of it, despite the fact that they conceded three goals. Uh, I think Joe Hart had one save to make. Yeah. Um, they're all very proud of their players, but there's not a, a single Rangers player that could lace the boots of any Celtic player that we saw on Saturday. And we're going to go through the Celtic players, but. Rangers did an okay job of putting pressure on us and making us misplaced passes, misplaced balls. Um, you know, there's a lot of turnovers. Aaron Moy didn't have the best game, which which contributed to that. But as you said, Melly, that's one side of the game. The other side of the game is to attack. The other side of the game is to create things. The other side of the game is to have your players perform well and do things. And when you look about the Celtic team, as bad as we were, I never really felt under threat, really in open play. You know, set pieces, I worried a wee bit, but... I wasn't that concerned about Rangers had to offer. No, uh, set pieces I worry an awful lot because uh, yeah. we, it's the only way we were really conceding in that game. But open play, no. We had the, the Morelos shot, which comes from Alistair Johnson heading off the back of Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, but apart from that, look, Rangers did a decent job in the three behind Alfredo Morelos, cut off the supply to Cal McGregor. So they left Celtic centre-halves on it. Morelos would close down uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers and they sort of leave Starfelt again. That's fine. They completely shut it off to Cal McGregor. That all works out fine. But when Rangers get the ball, they didn't do anything <laughs> with it. And look, Celtic weren't great. They misplaced a lot of passes, but it wasn't as if Rangers pressed them to death. Celtic were just simply misplacing passes. they done it from the very start. Aaron Moy did it a number of times. Johnson, even Cameron Carter-Vickers, Callum mm. McGregor, everybody was at it for Celtic uh, in the wrong way. But Rangers had a game plan to stop Callum McGregor playing, which in turn meant stop Celtic playing. Worked out quite well. It showed that, I think uh, this game showed where both teams need to improve in the summer. I think Celtic, I'm um, looking at Starfield saying like, if you're going to have the ball a lot against the better teams, you have to do more with it. You just, have to be braver. Well, that's it. Do you think I was watching? I mean, you you brought up the Starfield thing, and, and during the game, I was getting so frustrated because he was on the ball, and the amount of times he just turned inside and played it to Carter Vickers. Greg Taylor was an option. Maeda was an option. To me, Cameron Carter um, Starfield's almost blatant refusal to pass that ball out to Maeda. That must have been managerial instructions. There's no way he is not confident enough to make that pass. It was so obvious. Everyone's screaming at Greg Taylor's coming inside and making all the space for the pass. But Starfield would look up and just turn inside and play it to Carter Vickers. So either that's manager's instructions 
or he is just no confident at all in his own ability to make what is a very simple pass. For yeah. context here, just sorry to jump in, that was the two, by far, the two most frequent passing combinations of the game was Starfield to Cameron Carter-Vickers and vice versa. Yeah. So well, the yeah. two of them just passed it between or each Weisscout, other. Is that what it, yeah, 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 yeah. Close to 60 times be- between the two of them, yeah. That's usually the case, to be fair, yeah. isn't it? But uh, it was that pass out to Maeda and it's just having the the cojones to do it a lot of the time because he was free in space and that's the sort of problem with it it's a right-footed player playing it to another right-footed player so it's always going to be behind but I think in that sequence is where you've seen where Celtic really missed Hitati on the day because he picks up those spaces coming out drawn out wide and coming out just uh, Matt O'Reilly played well uh, played, I, I don't want to skip over that Matt O'Reilly did play really well Oh yeah, yeah I thought it was much improved performance from him I thought he put it about. The only thing that stifled the Celtic midfielders really was, well, Rangers were doing a decent job on them, but the free bookings, uh, they all mm. got booked, didn't they? So that meant any Rangers breakaways ever they had to sort of do the old... Carter Vickers as well, after seven minutes, he yeah. was booked. And then I think both the midfielders, apart from Moy, were booked in the first half. And then Moy was booked shortly after halftime, mm. I think. So it was pretty much curtains for that kind of thing. See, oh, that's right. See, before we move on, all this stuff about Rangers did a good job. This they they managed to but shut down. I, I don't want to go beyond that because I don't think they did a really good job. I, no, of course, <laughs> but just but on that, who cares, man? No. I was sitting here talking about Ross County in the exact same terms yeah. just just last yeah. week. So if, if they're patting themselves in the back for doing a decent job against Celtic, we see it every week. St. Mirren mm. are good at that. Ross County are good at that. Kilmarnock <laughs> are good at that. So what? If you don't win the game, it counts for absolutely nothing. And that's what it boils down to every every turn here. Everything that they've walked away from and congratulated themselves for. You're not winning the league. You never win the game. You conceded three goals. You're not winning the league that you invented from when <laughs> Bill walks in. The door. None of this is none of this is going. Um, Stephen Melly, before you before the game, you two were talking about how you had concerns about about Starfelt Melly started there talking about Starfelt how do you think he performed in the game I thought he was okay but I, d- I did understand that uh, passing frustration because quite often they will leave him on the ball and space will open up and he just doesn't quite have the confidence to to commit to passing forwards down that left side I think he I mean I can't read his mind but judging by the mm. language his body, his body language on the pitch when he it does have a pass like that open I think he considers it a risk because of yeah. what Melly said about passing, potentially passing behind the player and having to... Maida might be in a bit of space. If he passes with his right foot, it means Maida might need to drop back for it and they've lost a little bit of momentum in the, the forward. So he'd probably just sees Cameron Carter-Vickers in far more space, thinks that's easier, and Celtic may end up a little bit right side heavy because of that. So I do get those frustrations. Defensively, I thought I thought he was all right. He certainly got over his last couple of ropey performances that he was nowhere near as, as dodgy as he was against Ross County I the think previous as, game I think as well as that as much as you're frustrated you're frustrated as a fan yeah. maybe a manager when you're winning the game when you're two goals up or when you've scored three goals and you're seeing your centre halves are just keeping the ball between themselves making sure they find a Celtic jersey there's no rush to no. get it out no, no. Do you know I mean at that point it's on Rangers to try and make stuff happen if they're quite happy to let us keep the ball and we're winning the game quite comfortably at that point then maybe keeping the ball is 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 the right thing to do I think the the conversations about midfield were quite important because there was some debate about how the midfield was shaped up, whether Awata would start, whether, you know, Moy and O'Reilly both starting. You thought kind of... I was more worried about the performance that O'Reilly would turn in than Moy. I was actually quite keen to see Moy back, but that'll be a game he wants to forget. Aye, I thought it was terrible. Aye. Especially, I think, what, what has slightly coloured it, having watched the game back now, um, it's always very different to being oh, in the stadium. I mean, I was I was as tense as I normally am for these games. And having watched it back, it wasn't as bad going forward. I don't, I don't mean going forward. I mean, going further into the game as he was in the first like 15 minutes or so. I thought he was dreadful in the first 15 minutes. He gave the ball away several times. In fact, in the first couple of minutes, maybe it's under two. Yeah, it's first under two minutes. He'd given it straight to Kent and Kent had a, a, an attack that eventually broke down as it does when it gets to Ryan Kent. But that that's not the point. Moit had a disastrous start to the game and never really fully got into it. And I think with him playing like that, normally he... He has such a control over the game. A, a, such a, I mean, the game at Hamden, he was pivotal to yeah, the win. It's such a been there, done that control over the game. But when that's not there, when he's given the ball away, that's when his chronic lack of speed is brutally exposed because he gave up. There was a, a 
debatable foul from Morelos. He maybe, maybe kind of ran into the back of him, but mm. the one he got booked for was Morelos just kind of took it off him. He fell and he grabbed Morelos' foot. You know, we yeah. take one for the team, fine, but we're in that position because he's just a split second too slow today. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't great, it, but that happens. That happens. It was an intense derby. He had been just thrown back in, basically in an emergency because Hatati hadn't mm. hadn't made it. He had been injured prior to that. It's just it's one of those things. That the the reason it was surprising for Moyes because he very rarely turns in any kind of performance like that. It was in stark contrast to the worry we had about O'Reilly going yep. into the yep. game because we'd we'd feared that O'Reilly's confidence had just gone for this season. I think the term we used the previous week was the season's just kind of running away from mm. him. O'Reilly a wee bit. It's maybe a, a chance to regroup for for next season. But I thought he was he was actually very good and Moy wasn't, which was a, a surprise. But the thing that annoyed me most about Moy was caught weight in the ball. Yeah. I mean he's yeah. like the older pro, he's the older head, he's the experienced guy in there and he's he's usually very good at that. He's usually like as we say he's he's not got the pace but Mentally, he's one touch ahead. Oh, yeah, but the yeah. amount of times he was—I mean, I say the amount of times—it wasn't a dozen times, but it was at least two or three times he was just caught weight just with the ball and he got it taken off him. You think, can he be? No. You can't be expecting that much time in any game, let alone a derby. No, I could have been hooked at half time and nobody would have said anything mm. against it. So it was—it was one of those games for him because I think it's just a bad game for him because he done the, the things we know that are good about Aaron Moy. He'd done them all wrong. Mm. So you're like, oh, maybe it was a fitness thing, maybe because of the stage he is in his career, having that three, maybe four week gap since his last game, coming into a game of this intensity caught up with him. But Do you think maybe the Hatati thing was a bit of upset and balanced? Do you think there was maybe... Aaron Moy was maybe expected to do more than he was expected to do in the, the Hamden game? Because in the Hamden game, his job really was pick up a, a bit of space in midfield and when the ball came free he was a, he was like the lunch he was like the forward pivot yeah. if that, in the, but in this game maybe he was expected to do a bit more mate, I maybe mate but I think it was just the basics again wasn't yeah, it like I mean, the I'm same trying game. my best for him I know and <laughs> uh, but it's because he's done so well that we're giving him this leeway but mm. you're getting caught on the ball simple couple of yard passes which we know he uh, has bread and butter he was getting wrong it was just one of those games that didn't go for him and sometimes in these games look you can talk about it being the best derby in the world and all that and whatever you want to call it but sometimes it is about the nitty gritty in these games and sometimes it's just made for moments of quality but a lot of the time it's hard work and endeavour and you've seen that in Matt O'Reilly's performance mm. and look Rangers will always will, will get a lot of credit in this country for stifling Celtic but when I look at the Rangers front four, Tillman, again, subbed in this big game. Ryan Kent, absolutely anonymous. anonymous. Uh, Cantwell did a couple of good tackles, then gave it away. Morelos mm. had a goal disallowed, but not much else. Right, that's Rangers front line. Didn't cause Celtic many problems unless Celtic passed the ball straight to them in dangerous areas. Then I look at the four players in the sort of similar positions for Celtic. Matt O'Reilly, bus free, cuts it back. Kyogo scores. Mm. Kyogo gets a nargo. Jota gets a goal. Maeda, Quietish game from him, but still Tavernier didn't do much going forward apart from set pieces because he's been mm. pushed back by Maeda. So Celtic's guys in the forward areas made a difference to the game. Rangers players made a difference to Celtic's game, didn't make a difference to the actual game. Yeah. Do you think it was an argument for Hawata starting? Uh, I, I haven't watched the game oh, and how it unfolded Harry Hindsight over well, here. I, I, again I understood <laughs> those calls for that because he, he has been impressive in what little we've seen of him mm. and I thought he was really good again here uh, no is is my honest answer because I want McGregor to play in that position where possible I'm not as I'm not a convert to the McGregor needs to play further forward so we need a, a sort of physical defensive midfielder and the kind of argument we've heard for years mm. about that position I, I very much like McGregor in there I think he's crucial to the team however I am I'm really intrigued by the signing of Iwata because I think it's it's possibly quite an exciting time because of a signing specifically like that he was 26 the other day, mm. so he is not one of these guys that would bring in with a view to getting him up to speed with the 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 speed of Scottish football and he's going to improve. We'll probably see a lot from season two. That though, All those things are true, but he's not a young and developing player. He's not one of these long-term prospects yeah. that are in for that. He is a fully developed, ready-to-go footballer. And I'd be expecting it as a yeah, point I made last it, week. He's not going to come in here and want to play the odd 10 minutes here and there to close out games. That, that guy is, you know, he's, he's a fully-fledged footballer. Mm. He, he's going to want to make a difference. 
and it opens up a lot of possibilities for for next season. Are we going to see potential changes to formation, so. changes to approach? The, the options are there. And it, it could be quite an interesting time with uh, the recruitment that gets done in this summer to potentially supplement that. We've got a lot of options going forward. I mean, if, because we, of that. if Rangers move to a back three, and I think everyone's sort of it's the worst kept secret in Scottish yeah. football at the moment, the Rangers are looking to move to a back three next year. Does that mean Celtic have to augment the way they play? We move to a back three. Does that open up more positions, availability for a water midfield? Um, I don't think Celtic will change how they play. I think this might be more. If you're going McGregor uh, or Awata, it might be both next mm, yeah, season yeah. for the Champions League because we've seen with McGregor there and Taylor and Johnston beside him, if Rangers shut that off, it wasn't until the introduction of Awata, Celtic added another body in there that Celtic were able to play out more. Rangers found it more difficult who to pick up and Awata found a lot of space and that's when Celtic could start a lot of moves and start to get more control in the game because there was that point after half time, about 10 minutes where that was the kind of time you thought Rangers are kind of the team on top here. Probably the only time in the match, to mm. be honest. Uh, but you know what they've written about it. So <laughs> uh, I think when Celtic brought on Awata, it changed that. And look, that's what Celtic can do because we've got a way of playing and can change it about a bit. But when Michael Beale, I think it's Barry Ferguson or Kenny Miller said he had a plan A, B, C and mm. D to lose the game because yeah. he didn't win it. Whereas Ange Postigodo had his plan changed it and won the game and got control of the game. So I think Iwata will be more significant going forward for Celtic, but it shows that Celtic can change things around even proactively. They yeah. were still doing well in that game. They could still see a way they could play better. And it worked out well for Celtic because they tried to win the game yeah. rather than not lose it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes uh, with Manscaped. <laughs> Everyone's aware by now that those nose hairs are a major turn-off. That's why Manscaped upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of that nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance 4.0 package for no additional cost. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code TIMS to get 20% off a big discount and free shipping manscaped.com using code TIMS the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer uses a powerful 7000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds the Weed Whacker 2.0 is cordless rechargeable and has a battery with up to 45 minutes that's a lot of nose hair trimming your nose hair for 45 minutes of runtime. also the Weed Whacker 2.0 will be in all Manscaped's two sets including the Platinum Package 4.0 
4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer. Listen up, save 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. I stay in the midfield, I think... In these games, Cal McGregor always knows he's going to be the focus of special attention because he's a special player and they know, Rangers know, to stop Celtic playing, they need to stop Cal McGregor playing. It's that simple and that's kind of their approach in every one of these games so far. They try and find a way to keep Cal McGregor out of the game. The problem for Rangers is we've got so many remarkable footballers in a Celtic team that they, they, you can't possibly stop them all. You can't have your finger in that many dikes to stop Celtic playing. What an image. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you made a face. <laughs> you made a face. Um, but I thought Callum McGregor, he still manages, when he's even when he's not on the ball, he still manages to influence these games. Oh, he die. still puts himself about. He's still winning tackles. He's still geeing up the crowd. He's still bamming up. Is it Raskin? Yep. It's, he's, he's not prepared to just go, oh, well, the game's passed me by here. I'll let other people take on. He's always getting involved every way he can. I was having a go at Barisic again as well. At this point, it's probably just bullying. <laughs> yeah. He's always, always picking on poor Barisic, doesn't he? The soft lad. Barisic does look like a mope, doesn't he? Like, you see Barisic and you're just like, you're kind of like, he, he cuts a pathetic figure in yeah, these games, doesn't he? He's, he's been the, he's been on the butt of so many jokes, as you say. He's just quite a, he's quite a pathetic guy like see when I saw see when I saw that whole Rangers defence right I'll come back to Cal McGregor in a sec but Barisic who's been as I say like a pathetic character Tavernier who's just a, a, like a world renowned loser I mean he's so much of a loser he gets a career landmark 100 goal in a game that nobody's ever going to talk about in a game that he lost in a game that nobody cares about he's missed all the next game as well yes. every single time I, I apologise for what, yeah. what has just happened the next one's going to well, be well, different well, I, well, he did you'll see the real Rangers in yeah. the next game right cool uh, but I did text you and say I like the look of their defence because John Suter uh, Forgot he existed. I yeah. think that guy spent more of his career on the sidelines than he has, you know, on the pitch. Yeah. And it, 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 it was terrible in the game. He was, he was, a, he, he was howling in the game and cost a goal. Uh, ben Davies is that yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah, that's right. Catfish. You made a great the one that got away. <laughs> yeah, you made a great point on the match reaction podcast at the match patreon.com slash twenty minute times to get extra podcast videos and writing support is there about how. He's just a Preston North End player that briefly wore a Liverpool shirt, yeah. which meant Rangers had to pay four and a half million pounds oh, to get him, and he, he's rotten. He didn't even get a shirt on as well. He, he basically he, get, he went along to a couple of training sessions. <laughs> yeah. He had a cup of coffee with the with the Rangers um, with the Liverpool squad, and that was about it. So, aye, they basically went in, steamed in, paid four million pounds yeah. for a Preston North End player. Yeah. And the only reason they played paid that, obviously, they tried to win some PR battle and Gazumpas. Yeah, and he was and he was absolutely rotten in game. So their their whole defence chronic but back to Callum McGregor I just loved the way that he wasn't on the ball as much as he wanted to be but you could see he was desperate to influence the game in any way he could well every time he did shake the attentions of Tillman it was influential mm. a couple of times where he did find a little bit of space and just bust forward and slipped it off to Jota or Alistair Johnston on the right yeah the guy I find it very difficult to talk about Callum McGregor without sounding either A sort of cliched or B quite repetitive about yeah. because Anything you could apply to the standard cliches that come with being like a, a proper like football hero, like a proper standout captain and linchpin and all that, they all apply. You can't get carried away. Callum McGregor is absolutely everything to this team and to this so club. Good. Excellent. And I, I was quite annoyed that someone, I can't remember who, maybe on the BBC after the game, immediately started talking to him about Bruni. It's like something you did there was quite Bruni esque. Yeah. I was like, don't do that. Don't don't invoke names like that when he is becoming his own his own figure. His own man. The yeah. way he, I mean, no disrespect to Scott Brown. I love the guy, great Celtic captain, but Callum McGregor's a completely different captain. Yeah, and, yeah. and almost everything does. You can see the way he carries himself is similar to Scott Brown, but that's just the way you have to carry yourself as Celtic captain. That's yeah. how it w works. But. Callum McGregor's not like some shrinking violet. No, no, no. And that's that's increasingly so. He's He's been out of his shell for a long, long time now. It no longer applies to, you know, we, we used to say things about how like he's a, a kind of quieter captain. He's not like Scott Brown in that way. But it, he's, he is everything Scott Brown was and for me, a better player. And, that, yeah. and that's not to diminish at all what Scott yeah. Brown achieved. I don't think anybody that could disagree with you. No, I, I just, I don't want to come across as like I'm diminishing Scott Brown in any way it's purely a compliment to Callum McGregor many will have their preferences of course but Callum McGregor to me 
he hasn't had the longevity as captain and the success just yet mm. as, as Scott Brown did. But in terms of his influence on the pitch, it is it is easily comparable to that of Scott Brown. Easily, in my opinion, I think he's he's absolutely everything to this team, and I'm I'm glad we've got him. To be honest, I feel oh, lucky that we've got Callum. We McGregor. could never have afforded to buy a player like that. Oh no, I mean it, 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 it was serious danger when. Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester. I thought, well, this could be mm. dangerous now because we could lose Callum McGregor. I think that window is probably closed now as he approaches 30. Yeah. If he wanted to go and play somewhere else, I think that that window is probably, I think that's probably gone. He doesn't seem interested in it because he extended the contract very recently. But I feel very you know, pr- privileged that we've got a captain like Callum McGregor because even when he's not, fully influential in the game if he's been closed down like Rangers did a, a semi-decent job of doing so he still finds way a, a way to influence the game in a positive way for Celtic See, for every all, time all the midfielders Rangers have bought over the past couple of years since Callum McGregor's been a Celtic mainstay they've never had anyone even close to as good as him even now that these players that they're raving about like Raskin and Cantwell and they're just there's, they, they cannot get close to Callum McGregor in terms of quality in terms of being a captain yeah and I don't think that's a a slight on Rangers because I don't think you're going to find a Callum McGregor anywhere. I meant it to be a slight on Rangers. Uh, good, <laughs> get, get it up, get it right up there. <laughs> uh, because we'll, we do have the wonder kid Raskin who had the fewest touches out all outfield players in the pitch, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that Never mind that. Uh, I might have made that up, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but like Stephen said recently about Ange Postacoglu, uh, Celtic couldn't get a better manager right now than Ange Postacoglu. They couldn't get a better captain than Callum McGregor, in my opinion. The guy is utterly class. Scott Brown was a good player, but made his name with those big moments in game where he'd win the tackle or go through somebody when it had to be done. Callum McGregor's the opposite and he influences the game by his football, but can now also do the Scott Brown thing where if it, things are going a wee bit towards Rangers, he'll do that thing with Raskin where there's a wee melee and they get on with the game mm. and he laughs it off. But I've just watched him recently and the guy just exudes class in everything he does the way he prepares the team the way he comes out on the pitch the way he conducts himself and it just got me thinking about good Celtic midfielders in my lifetime and I've just decided that Cal McGregor's the best central midfielder I've seen at Celtic everything about him is utterly class mm. and when you watch him at football he's the best he's the best I've seen he can pick out a pass he can always find space he can now drag his team up when they need it if he's not influenced in the game in one way he'll do it in another way Mm. he's utterly brilliant and simply the best I've seen at Celtic what does that game and this studio have in common? don't know Stephen a wee melee a wee melee (laughs) I was going to say he's a big melee (laughs) Um, Alistair Johnson Oh, is, speaking of heroes I love <laughs> that man I absolutely love that kid he ha- he loves he loves these Glasgow derbies man of the match performance I'm glad he got it I think you said in the post-match that you're worried they'd end up giving it to Kyogo he, he just I've never seen a guy who just he plays with a smile on his face but not in the same way Ronaldinho did he plays with a smile on his face like oh you want a battle okay fine let's, ha- let's have one because I'm game We've only signed this guy after the World Cup. It's been <laughs> a matter of weeks ago. Yeah. And it's like he's been here for about 10 years. Mm. Honestly, it, the guy has been absolutely faultless. He's not had a bad game. He's no. not even really had a bad moment for, for Celtic. Not that anything that's cost anything. Yeah, his debut, he was turned inside for that Kent goal. But it's literally his debut getting thrown into the most tense game he'll play all season. Since then, he has been... Uh, a leader in this team and that's remarkable for a youngish guy he's not a particularly young player but for a fairly inexperienced player when it comes to playing in this country uh, playing in Europe at all actually for him to become one of the kind of leading lights in the team one of the again one of the most influential figures now in the team when it comes to just driving the the team on huge fans favourite already what a signing what an extraordinary piece of recruitment that Mm -hmm. is because rewind a few short months ago we're all wringing our hands about losing Juranovic, losing Yakimakis. You mean, would you even, have we missed those guys at all? No. no. For a single game, no. for a single moment in a single game, are we sitting during any game thinking, oh, we could really be doing with Juranovic or Yakimakis at this point? Not at all. And it's not a go at those players. No. It's just the fact that Celtic have done their job incredibly well in replacing these players before they're, they're even out the door. What a breath of fresh air both of that and these players have been, especially Alistair Johnson, because again, he's been in the door a matter of weeks. And I just, I can't imagine Celtic being without him there. I I, I genuinely can't. One of the first names in the team sheet, as much of a, a big cliche that is. I now 
when everyone does it to some degree or another, the graphic appears an hour and a quarter before the kickoff. You have a quick glance at it, and there's certain positions you look immediately for. You look right past the keeper. No one ever looks at the keeper. Just assume that's always going to be Joe Hart. Yes, I look for Alistair Johnston because I know we're in safe hands here. You, ha- you have to be. He's just another one in a long line of Canadian hard men, Stephen. <laughs> like Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> yeah. Chael Sonnen is he Canadian Drake Drake <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a just another one but I love that Alistair Johnson he's a talented footballer but he, he kind of gets these games brilliantly doesn't he he knows oh, they're going to try and wind me up they're going to be trying clattering at the tackles they're going to be fouling me they're going to be diving he's sort of he's a, he's came in and this even he's immediately sussed out what Rangers are all about it took him no time at all yeah he's the He's like the ideal player for Rangers as well because they want they wouldn't see oh he's a good player on the ball it's the dignity the getting into the game yeah. that digging midfield not Alistair Johnson's got that but he's also brilliant. You think he's our most staunch player? The Canadians, <laughs> the Canadians love the Queen as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get what I mean because these games again, sometimes they do lack quality, but it's always going to be that desire, and he has got that. He has got that, and instead of when fights break out or anything like that he's first in there he's the guy trying to start it as well yeah. and you need that in these games as well because you you full know that if it was another game you can go into a tackle not much is made of it he's going into the tackle knowing something might come of it and I just love it from the guy because we know if the chips are going to be down you've got him you've got Cameron Carter Vickers you've got McGregor guys you can rely on just to give the ball or to put it in when need be is that how you split your head open you in playing fives are you just embodied by the spirit yeah, of Alistair yeah. Johnson uh, somebody tripped me and I went head first into a fence <laughs> that's why I'm struggling with these headphones because I can't put it in the top of my skull <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Johnson I've often wondered in the past about that cliche that we attach to Celtic in particular but other fans probably do it as well where we talk about such and such doesn't understand the club doesn't mm. get the club hasn't been here long enough to get what the club is all about and people do it when things tend to go wrong yeah. I heard the Aberdeen fans Willie Miller was talking about it when you know, they were they were going down the drains they don't understand the club and all that I've often wondered just how long that education actually needs yeah. actually requires Alistair Johnson has clearly walked in the door and just been like right let me get this straight we love them pointing to the fans we hate them yeah. pointing to Rangers right okay let's get started we don't take any shit off that lot <laughs> yeah, and you great. want me to maraud up and down the pitch winning tackles winning headers getting crosses in and not taking any shit off anyone yeah. no that's basically it yeah, where do we start sound <laughs> sign me up for five years so what I need to be is good at football <laughs> and to look like I'm trying really hard Got that. Sound. Yeah. Um, I mean, do, do, do we want to do the Kevin Clancy thing? He's had a bit of a hard time of it, old Kevin. I think the Rangers yeah. fans have piled it on. But what I will say is... Shit, wasn't he? With, <laughs> yeah, without fear or favour, um, he was rotten. He was buying every foul that Rangers wanted. He was carding people too soon. The the Matt O'Reilly thing at the game, I didn't think was a foul, but I've watched it back and you two have told me and I've, I've kind of said it was, it was a foul. Tavernier's free kick, there's not much Joe Hart could do about it. Might have been a foul, definitely wasn't a booking. I just thought the, the thing you want to do in this game is like keep a lid on it, get the big decisions right. And to be honest, it doesn't surprise me any. Kevin Clancy, the performance of Kevin Clancy is just a Scottish referee performance. Yep. He's no any better or worse than anyone else really. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of these referees are sitting there going, why are we even doing that? Uh, yeah, this man. is boring. This is uninteresting. I'm stuck in a studio somewhere, catching grief, watching the game on telly. I would much rather be out and about, not out and about, because that makes them sound like they're doing their shopping or whatever. I would much <laughs> rather be out on the pitch getting involved in the game rather than stuck here in this truck watching it on the telly. I think Rangers are obviously piling pressure on the referees and they do this really good sort of Tory doublespeak thing where they go oh you should never put pressure on the referees meanwhile writing letters to yeah, the SFA yeah. about one bad result they did it earlier on in the season dug we- whistling to their own fans yeah, about yeah. how much of a, a yeah a Catholic he is and yeah, all that. I know, but, but, but meanwhile Conor Goldson's handballing the ball every couple of weeks and there's no there's not a whiff about that so you know, we don't want to pile too much on Kevin Clancy, but that was shit, Kevin. <laughs> real, <laughs> no, what, real shit. Look, it is. It's a bad refereeing performance, but we've been talking about it all season. Yeah. We've been talking about it all season. Check the record, bud. Mm. We've been doing it basically every single game. Uh, it's nothing personal to, to Kevin Clancy. He's just yet another woefully inept refereeing deci- uh, performance rather that has gone against both teams. Now, the, the reason we're talking about a meltdown at the start of this was because 
it's one decision that's be- well, well you know, let me play devil's advocate effectively here. that's gone against them and, it, and the world has stopped turning as a result of it astonished let me ask you something so see instead of whenever we complained about poor refereeing performances see instead of their fans turning to us and going oh you think it's a conspiracy theory there's nothing wrong with the refs <laughs> see if they'd sort of got on board and went actually guys as it, we're going to present a united front here against how bad these refs really are maybe by the time that game rolled around the referees would feel a bit more pressure to be good at the job because everybody was saying they're bad but because Rangers and other clubs pick and choose when they want to be annoyed about refereeing decisions you, you kind of end up with performances like that yeah I've, I've been saying it all season the biggest obstacle to doing anything about this is the defending of the refereeing performances by the team that won and want to make it about the other team mm. glorifying some sort of conspiracy That that's exactly what happens so should we be on this podcast going you're right Rangers Right to the SFA, copy us in. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. sign it as well because we want to know what happened. I mean, I draw a line at that. Writing, right, writing <laughs> to the it. SFA about one single refereeing performance slash decision that has gone your way in a season where everyone has been pointing out the fact that you haven't conceded a penalty in <laughs> yeah. eighteen months or something like that. Connor Goldson frequently handballs it and all that. Right, I'm, I don't want to really get into individual decisions, but it has been poor across the board all season. We've also been saying this all season. Don't come crying to us. Don't, yeah. don't point to us and say, oh, look at this, Celtic fans or whatever, it, worst case scenario, old firm fans complaining about referees. That was again. the headline, old firm such and such for Kevin Clancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, you have of to course, rope us yeah. into it. You have yeah. to rope us into it. So, okay, so we, we let Kevin off lightly there. Oh, it's just a case, the old case of evening itself over, out over the course of the season. Golden handball, no penalty, no goal for Celtic. That oh, you're one. right. I believe he's even the self out. That's the old argument. Anyway, I've spotted yet another inconsistency in the handball rule thing. Right, right? The, the handball thing we've been struggling with all season. Mm. There was a moment in the second half where it hit Ryan Kent's hand and it was probably just on the line of the, the box, right? Of, yeah. of Celtic's box, right? And the ref played on, despite the fact that clearly hit his hand. Accidentally, it was it by no means deliberate. It just mm. sort of hit his hand, but it clearly did. But why is it definitely a penalty if a defender accidentally handballs it, but if an attacker handballs it accidentally, it's just play on? That, it's yet another kind of inexplicable inconsistency, and in it surely it's a foul. Well, you're right, but there's also another inconsistency, and what happens is it happens all the time, and the ref really need to stamp this out. So Raskin trips up right and it's not a foul until he grabs the ball oh, and goes to the ref until he grabs the ball and goes. but you see it's not, it's not just that you see all the time yeah. in football across the leagues a player will fall down and in order to force the foul in his own favour he will grab the ball and you think well hold on that's that's, a, that's <laughs> not how it works <laughs> there was a, a tale as old as time that yeah. one yeah that was a, a bad one I think there was one as well uh, Morelos and Starfelt going up against it near the touchline Morelos nudges Starfelt Starfelt still puts out a play it's either a free kick to Celtic for a foul or a throw in to Rangers. Mm-hmm. Throw in Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we benefited from that. Right. I just want to talk about how amazing Kuyogo is and how brilliant he's been. Um, we can also sprinkle in a wee bit of laughing at Alan McGregor because he's terrible. Um, and Melly, you said something before we turned the mics on about Kuyogo's some amount of goals away from the most goals against Rangers since Larson. Uh, Larson got six in a season against them, and Kyogo's got five with two games to go. <laughs> so he could break Henrik Larson's record for the most goals against Rangers in a season. Uh, bear in mind, he went off after a couple of minutes yeah, in the yeah. 4-0 game as well, so he started, but he barely even played a couple of minutes. So incredible, absolutely incredible. We are... Seen a, a new dawn, a new breed of Hunscalpers. I'll put Jota in there as well mm. with Kyogo. The two of them do it in the big occasions. You could probably shove a bad in there because he's done it that often. Hatati. This team are full of, full of guys that have done it against Rangers. And there was doubts about Kyogo a couple of months ago. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. The guy does it. Uh, his quality is unbelievable. Uh, the quality, quality of movement. His quality of movement. The quality of those finishes. Even the one that was disallowed when he took it on his chest and finished it around McGregor. But it's, it is top class and I'm starting to feel like maybe us as well we're partly to blame a wee bit maybe but I'm just starting to feel like he's not getting the credit for being an exceptional I think Kenny McIntyre said um, on Sports Sound and it's a, it's a good point he made to be fair to him he says Kyogo's looking like the best sign in the Scottish football for quite some time and it's really difficult to disagree with that I still think of that meme with the the guy you hate the most <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I can't disagree with it because 
when Henrik Larson was at Celtic, I always thought, right, we've got a chance of winning the game because Henrik Larson's there and if he gets a chance, he'll probably score it. Getting to that stage with Kyogo now because, uh, yes, he's not involved in the game and I'm I'm tired of hearing that. Ah, he's only got a couple of touches and he's got two goals. Good. Is that yeah, not yeah, pure yeah. effective from him? Because his game isn't to drop off, bring players into the game. His game is to be there when chances are created. But he's scoring goals from not even half chances anymore. He is preempting that teams are going to make mistakes. Even for the, the Jota one, uh, as he's sprinting towards McGregor, Kyogo's sprinting towards Tavernier because for, for some reason he thinks McGregor's going to get the ball. I don't know what he's thinking. Mm. But if McGregor does get the ball, his pass is to Tavernier. Kyogo sprints to him and I don't even know if he sees Jota scoring because his concentration is going to that. So this shows that the guy gets in these positions through your quality because he knows where he's going he knows where the danger's going to be and he susses it out the Jota chance is a half chance people would not turn their back but not even be thinking oh this might break to me he's there he scores in the first couple of minutes just offside but he's in that position again he's getting chances and he's taking them he's always there to score the goals it's class to watch just this guy it's as if he just teleports himself into the mm. place where the ball should be it's not by fluke it's sheer movement and quality his, his, his first goal was was absolutely exceptional because it was great for Matt O'Reilly to, to do the cutback Stephen but Kyogo just sort of he was so aware of everyone around him and what everyone around him was doing and what I mean everyone I mean the Rangers players he saw them all getting sucked towards the ball and he had the awareness to go right okay no bother I'll just drop off a wee bit here because all four of you are making movements towards the ball you think that's where I'm going he drops off so I, I just find it really difficult to argue against the quality of the guy. We put out a podcast and a video recently called The Best Since Larson where we rated all Celtic strikers that could possibly qualify. It's available on YouTube if you want to check it out. About No spoilers though, um, about who might be the best Celtic striker since, since Henrik Larson. And honestly... Is it dated already? I think so because, you know, <laughs> no spoilers, but it's not Kyogo at that yeah. point. But I mean... Is that ruined? Yeah, it's Thanks, Kyogo. No, 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 no. Because what we get to do is we get to film it all again, second lot of content, and all that sort of stuff. You the know, best since Kyogo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to make an argument that any Celtic striker in recent seasons has been better than him. No, uh, and you're even right. Some of my favourites, Edward Dembele. I'm including those guys. In well, that. the last three games against Rangers alone have basically changed a lot of what we decided on that video. Because if you haven't seen it, I've, that video. Contains some loose criteria, but a lot of what came into it when we were trying to decide who the best strikers since Larson are was that goes against Rangers factors heavily mm, in that. Right. Where, you know, whatever incarnation uh, you want of, of those teams, scoring against a team called Rangers does count big when it comes to you know, achievements as a Celtic striker. So does scoring the Champions League, scoring 20, 25 goals a season, right? So scoring against Rangers is massive in that. And he's done that five times in his last three games. That's... Ridiculous. Not only ridiculous, but it also puts him already into the same league as the likes of your Alan Thompson, Chris Sutton, John Hartson, Gary Hooper, Moussa Dembele. They all get five, six, seven goals. He can, as Melly said, he can become the record Hunscalper in one single season if he keeps this up and with two games to go. That's incredible. His goal... Yeah, you're right to credit Matt O'Reilly for that because it was a nice touch and cutback. I think the the pass deserves a lot of credit. Not only was it quite accurate, but, but see when you get to that position, it's probably quite a risk to cut it back instead of going across goal. Because if you cut back, you risk players having made a run and you might pass it behind them. Mm. And then everybody blames you for the move breaking down. So he cut back perfectly to Kyogo to just peel away from the defender and, and put it away. He scored these goals against Rangers... We've given him huge credit for his movement in these games. Like it just seems to appear in the, the right positions. I think you teleport into the, the right <laughs> positions. But all he is is taking up positions basically between the posts. Yeah. And they still can't find them. They still can't deal with it, even though he's exactly where a striker should be. Just picking up the odd wee bit of space. And it's like he is about half the size of the Rangers defenders and they're just kind of looking about their feet and they can't find them at all and he, he just <laughs> appears and scores yet again. All of his goals are just from the from directly between the like posts. Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah, yeah, like, like that. Have you ever seen that video of the, the mini Shrek doing crofts? Yeah. Something like that. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't even a one-touch finish either, Stephen, no. wasn't it? But because he is so good, uh, you didn't brush over it, but you talked about O'Reilly cutting it back, the finish from him. But 
he's the only guy in the pitch that if the, that ball was cut back, he's got the quality to spin on it yeah, and yeah. make the mm. chance. Like, imagine that went to Morelos and the, the turns that guy would have had oh. to do to get the ball. It just it wouldn't have happened. It would have been flashed behind him and that's it over. But with him, he gets the space, drops off, manages a turn and spin and puts it past him. And even the, the first goal that was disallowed, finished brilliant. Mm. Uh, and his second goal, it's a half chance for something that's easy to snatch at it's mm. easy to do that puts it through McGregor's legs no problem and there was another one just uh, in the second half as well where the ball comes to him uh, comes over to him takes a brilliant touch and then the Rangers defender gets in to block it he just looks at scoring every time he gets the ball near the goal and it's not it's not just the fact that you've got a chance there it's the the fear it puts into the Rangers defenders and you've seen that because when you've got him closing down like that's why Davies and all that make these mistakes yeah. it's why we've seen it from Goldson and Tavernier over the years Celtic make Rangers make these mistakes but then they go and punish them when Celtic make mistakes they don't get punished a lot of the time you mentioned Jota um, one of my few pleasures in life is watching Alan McGregor suffer <laughs> um, the guy is he's creaking he's I mean he's he's so slow he makes Joe Hart look like a gymnast <laughs> with, a, with, with how slow and inflexible he is John Suter's wild pass into the wrong area McGregor you just knew every. you knew McGregor was never reaching that Jota gets onto it and, and pulls off an absolutely sublime finish another thing you know, John Suter's an absolute haddy, that kid, I think. <laughs> um, he didn't react to that bad pass, if you want to watch it back, if you notice. He didn't react to his own bad pass until Jota was already by McGregor. <laughs> and then he's trying to make up the ground. And you think to yourself, even if that was me, a man who is just quite good at football, um, <laughs> and, and I'd made that pass, you'd be covering your arse. You'd go, God, I need to go back, but that was a foot race McGregor had a real good head start on Jota but there was no danger he was going to get it and then the ball's just in the back of the net and Alan McGregor's fuming and you think to yourself chef's kiss because this is this is everything for me and Jota's another one who just he's a top quality footballer as you said Melly great touch with the right foot lovely finish with the left foot he scored against them and one of the probably the goal of the season for me oh, that, that, that chip that he scored in the first uh, Glasgow Derby at Celtic Park he's brilliant that will go probably second to the Ryan Kent one if the bar wasn't there but <laughs> uh, we'll give Jota just now but the the goal like, it's been compared to Larson I think Larson even put it up uh, on his social media but it's so different because Usually when the ball's going like that, you take a touch with your left foot. He mm. just takes this wee touch with your right foot and then left foot, outside the right foot. It's absolutely sublime. When that goes in, it was party time and Celtic just mm. had to look, see it out for a couple of minutes after that and everything will be fine. It should have been the the goal that really sunk them so we could went here, this could be four or five now. Wasn't to be, but it's just brilliant to see. Like, Aye, mistake. It was a mistake by Suter, but that mistake only becomes a mistake if Jota does press so hard I know it's a bit easier when Alan McGregor is a wardrobe but he pressed that so hard and it's something that he doesn't get a lot of credit for Jota he is very good at pressing and we've seen last season maybe myself think Jota's not quite on form for Jota the numbers the guy's putting up is incredible and it's on big games as well so imagine Jota. Jota takes his first touch and panics because there's an orange fridge with eyes <laughs> bearing, yeah. bearing yeah. very, very slowly down on him. Oh, I've only got five minutes to roll this past him. <laughs> it's nice seeing the ball boys give it to him oh, yeah, after right. the stuff he'd done as well. <laughs> he is ridiculous. I mean, Jota's not even that fast as no. well. That, that's his kind of one admitted, admittedly fairly minor deficiency when you're talking about a player <laughs> as good as that. But that's probably the one thing that's held him back from being maybe like a 60 or 70 grand a week footballer, potentially in a bigger league, Jota, is that if the fact he's not got that that lightning speed, they made McGregor look yeah. look very, very slow indeed. And I, it is hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious uh, watching McGregor suffer. There's even been talk about extending his contract. Please, oh, they'll probably please. do it because they're in a similar position to us with this homegrown player thing. So yeah, they, oh, they, yeah. need, they need yeah. the bodies in. Yeah, Always just... fleeces them. Like, yeah, <laughs> do you see that Micah Richards thing? There's yeah. a clip going viral about Micah Richards. I want McGregor to do this. Micah Richards, um, he, he just sort of did realise, but he's talking about he's, a, he's at Man City and Stuart Pierce offers him, he was on five grand a week as a teenager, Stuart Pierce offers him 10 grand a week, right? And then his agent goes in and gets him 40 grand a week. 
Right, so he goes, Stuart Pearce, okay, so Stuart Pearce turned me out at 30 grand a week, whatever the story was. And then, because Man City had a homegrown player thing to fulfill, they came back to him with a five year, £100,000 a week contract that he knocked back. <laughs> 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 he, knocked him, he knocked it back. He goes, I was number two at Zabaleta and I wanted to play. Oh, so I knocked it back and he's obviously regretting it. I hope McGregor pulls a similar. Yeah, I'll stay and fill the homegrown quota. £100,000 <laughs> a week. <laughs> probably play it as well. It was great getting the victory on Saturday. The meltdown has been brilliant. What did you make of the atmosphere? Because we've had this before with the 60,000 mm. in there. Uh, I think that was, sorry to say it, Stephen, it was a kind of one-off. You missed the game, unfortunately, but it just felt... You always like... get ill about these Glasgow Darkies. I know. Yeah. I did, I, I, by the way, that, that sounded like I missed this game. I, I did not. I was mm. at that game. You, you just said you missed the game. I was talking about the no, midweek no. one, uh, the 3-0 game. Yeah. So you missed that, but that felt like... It was midweek, the floodlights were on, everything built towards that game. This one was another derby game, but this is what they're going to look like now. They're probably going to be at the weekend, early kickoff, 60,000 people there. Celtic didn't play well, slack passes, so maybe that has something to do with the atmosphere, but it just it just lacked for it's me. Dumb. I mean, it's, I, I'm in the same boat as Gal McGregor here. I know I'm not, I know it's an unpopular opinion among some Celtic fans, but it's I the same. I think it is. Well, it is online. It definitely is online that you want some Rangers fans back amongst some Celtic fans, but I'm in the same camp as the, the Celtic captain here. You want the back because you want to gloat with Stephen them. In the Nelly, Stephen yeah. Nelly. <laughs> Every time we scored, uh, I immediately turned to that corner, uh, preparing <laughs> my, my my fist towards him and had to withdraw You're giving pelters yeah. to some poor Celtic yeah, fans yeah, who are just to, there enjoying their had day. To, had to apologise in mid-fist uh, clench. <laughs> no, and you, uh, you, you want them back. You want them in the vicinity. You want to see that's part of the, the fun of it. That's part of the atmosphere. That's part of the the vitriol the, yeah. it gets the blood pumping you want them in the corner there and I don't want this 700 thing is pointless you know no, just the wee crap. corner of the fans just get them back and another problem is see if we let them back it puts pressure on them because they've sold season tickets yeah if so if, if we say look we're quite happy to have you guys back do you want to make it happen they can't really do it because <laughs> you're right to say that this is this is an individual choice there's a lot of a lot of all valid opinions. Another rewriting of history for Michael Beale there as well. Yeah, what, what was that? I was going on about who will have no fans here. It's your fault. Mate. Oh yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course. That's right. There's been quite a bit of that um, in the build up to the game as well. But yeah, all, all opinions are valid on this. Entirely personal choice. But I did think that it, without the without the vitriol, without the bile, it yeah. did sort of take the edge off it a wee bit. And when Tavernier scored towards the end of the first half, the place was stone dead it was just a case of like right well when's the whistle going to be that that never happens if there's Rangers fans in that in that stadium because there's no way Celtic fans let it get quiet yeah. after that point with them celebrating and all that so it, it's a it's an odd dynamic an odd kind of atmosphere so uh, I, I wasn't really wasn't really sure what to make of it brilliant when we scored it enough oh, yeah. as we said I just uh, before we wrap up we have to talk about the manager no. now you can talk about every time we sit after one of these Glasgow derbies or after a cup final, you talk about the ebb and flow of the game and the ins and outs and the individual playoff performances. But the, the, there's there's no denying that this is just another win for Ange. And, yeah. you know, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how much Rangers thought they were in the game or out the game or how bad Celtic played or wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Hmm. <laughs> this is a... This is just another another win for Ange Postacoglu, and there was a meme going about on Celtic Twitter where it's like that movie where the guys like I've got you in the palm of my hand, you know that meme, oh, Dead, Dead Man's Shoes, Aye, Dead uh, Man's Shoes, Dead Man's Shoes. <laughs> um, but it's Ange's face, and there's nothing more accurate. He it, it doesn't matter. Like this is why Rangers managers are scrambling and panicking. This is why Robbie Nielsen's been sacked because every time they come up against Ange, it's just he just finds a way to win these games. And they've thrown everything at them. They've thrown managers. They've thrown complaints. They've thrown different players. They've thrown for me. It does not matter. Everything Rangers come up with, Ange, as as a football manager, finds a way to navigate these big games for Celtic time and time and time again. And I've got so much confidence in the guy. Yeah, and look, that'll come. We will not go completely undefeated against no. Rangers. They're, mm. they're not. They're not far enough as teams where I think where they are simply incapable of beating Celtic. Yeah. It will come, but it will not be full-scale meltdown when that day comes. It just won't be. There won't be the panic stations. There won't be the writing to the SFA and all that. I noted with interest that after the game, Ange said that the players deserve to enjoy this. But again, just boiled it down to if we've made one person's day better yeah. mm. with this performance, then that's that's 
we've done our job here. That's that's what they aim to do. As as much yeah. as as a tiny a little goal that seems like, obviously that one person's day being better spreads out to thousands and thousands, and said potentially millions of people's days all being better. But I, I do like that from Ange because deep down, you know, he's like, get it up, that'll be slabber cabbage. <laughs> get it up. Do you, mean, you call me lucky? Have that. What he really means is Aye. we've made one person's day better, and we've made an awful lot of people's yeah. day an awful lot well, worse. Because he goes, you know, he's, he's playing it down. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, you must be delighted. Do you know what I mean? You another win against your vicious rivals, and I'm just like, oh, you know, you're like. Just as long as I've made just one person's day better. That's all I like hearing about. Then he's in the dressing room giving it. What's that mean with the American football coach? He's in the dressing room like that. You know, he's just, he's just playing it down. But I think deep down, I'm just like, that. call me lucky again, and that's what happens. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's revolutionary for Celtic. He's absolutely brilliant. The thing, this is why I always get my back up with this Michael Beal thing because he's coming in trying to get under Angie's skin and all that. But Angie's he's too long in the tooth for that. He knows mm. what he's doing and. I said it before, Andrew's secure in himself. He knows how he wants to play. He knows what he's going to do. And Celtic go out and do that. So when Celtic have got a particular style of play, they've got a way of playing, he's always going on about the principles and values that Celtic go out and play the game. See, when Celtic don't play as well as they do, they still have everything else. They still have the battle and all that. That's why we come out on top in these games. Mm. But with Rangers... They've not got that style of play yet. It might come at some point, whatever happens, but they don't have that yet. All they've got to do is stifle Celtic and see what we can get out of it. Well, when Celtic aren't playing their best, they can still come up with three goals. And that's what it's all about. That's how you win games. Celtic find a way to win these games because they know how to win it, because they know, right, this is what we're going to go out and do. And if that falls down a bit, we still know we can do the basics and that's what they've got Rangers are trying to do the basics a wee bit better it's not enough Andrew's better than you we've got better players we're just better we've won 10 out of 11 titles we're going on for another one what we're number just is it? 53 is it? we're going for number <laughs> we're going for number 53 Melly talking about world class basics there yeah, yeah. That's that's that. <laughs> oh no and on that bombshell in a couple of weeks Rangers <laughs> uh, thank you so much to everyone who watches and listens to this podcast please subscribe to us on YouTube please support us on Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims because we've got lots of content match reaction podcast writing and all sorts of videos on there for you patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims but most of all thank you for watching and listening ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.